strong more than say hey, not me the bible says i am blessed the bible says he was made poor that i may become rich the bible says i am not weak the bible says i am the head and not the tail go ahead and reign in life go ahead and move mountains go ahead and jump go ahead and win go and make lots of progress in life why it's possible you are listening to a podcast by senior pastor of life free church prophet gomezio shamani Today I'm going to be teaching a message that I've entitled Dominion Under the Sun. A dominion Under the Sun. Now in as much as I'm going to be sharing this subject matter, I want to start by explaining and even showing you the kind of realities that people experience and go through. But then we're going to go to the Genesis to really understand the heart of God concerning our lives, to understand how God really intended us to dominate right under the sun. Praise be to God. In Ecclesiastes chapter number 10, starting from verse 7, the Bible describes to us an era that has been happening. You can start from verse 6. All right, maybe start from uh, 5. All right, yeah. The Bible says there is an evil I have seen under the sun as an era proceeding from the ruler there is an evil that I have seen under the sun the writer is talking about how he has seen an era he's seen a problem under the sun and he begins to highlight some of the things he sees in the next verse it says, folly is set in great dignity. Perhaps for the easier understanding, perhaps put it in the NIV. Because we want to understand what era this is. Now this is what, the, at least NIV gives us a, 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 a good picture of what this era is. And you will surely see that this is a serious era. And the era is that fools are put in many high positions. While the rich occupy low ones, ideally, if you understand uh, or even if you just observe the rich, it is not normal for a rich person to occupy low positions. So we need to understand which rich people are being talked about or what kind of rich people are being talked about. But we can first see the first thing that is told to us is that fools are put in high positions this simply means the next person who's going to be talked about is not a fool but is rich in something so those that have riches those that are rich in knowledge rich 
in, 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 in wisdom, rich in certain and, and many other capacities, the Bible says these ones are occupying low ones. And what is the writer saying? He's saying this is an error. Problem. I have seen an error under the sun. The next verse. He says, For I have seen slaves on horsebacks, while princes go on foot like slaves. What is he saying? I'm seeing an error. Slaves are riding on horses. <laughs> Ideally, if you, if you look at it in the, in the lenses of economies and the like, it's not possible for a prince to walk. It's not possible for a slave to ride on horses. So we need to understand who are slaves, who are princes, who are the fools, and who are the rich ones. Perhaps Revelation 1 can make you understand when Jesus told you I have made you kings and priests. There's a revelation that is given to those who are his own. And one of the revelations that we have is that we are royalty. Not only are we royalty, the Bible calls us blessed. Now, coming to the lens, or rather to the lenses of the scriptures, one of the errors we can see under the sun is to see believers is to see kings and priests like you and I take up lowly positions take up statues or live lives like a slave when we are not such this is an error that somebody is seeing. But now, in as much as he's taking note of an error, in as much as he's taking note of, in fact, he first, before he called it an error, he called it evil. It's evil to live a life be below you or to live a life below how you are meant to live it. It's evil. It's not humility, it's evil. <laughs> But if we go to the genesis of things, we need to understand how did this error happen and should this error be like this? Because sometimes people want to, you know, accept situations and say, no, this is how we are. And that's why you, believe, you hear now believers sometimes make, they'll find something in the scripture and they'll take it as if it should be their thing. Like for example, someone will say, but we are, I'm like a grasshopper before the Lord. God did not call you a grasshopper. So what, what, what are you trying to call him if you are a small grasshopper? Praise be to God. So we see that there is an error. But if we go to the book of Genesis, starting from chapter number 1, verse 26, we see something. God then said, or rather then God said, let us make man in our image, 
in our likeness and let them rule somebody say rule that word rule is have dominion let them rule over the fish of the sea the birds of the air over livestock over all the and over all the creatures that move along the ground take me back to nkjv and then you go to the next verse then the bible says and god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female and he created them he created them next verse then god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth subdue have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and everything now you see the genesis of how it's supposed to be the genesis of how things are meant to be under the sun is that man was meant to have dominion he was meant to have dominion meaning he was meant to stand out stand out above the fish stand out above everything now there are certain things that man was told to do that he needed to submit to the first thing he was told to do is be fruitful and multiply be fruitful and multiply and i remember last time i did make mention that fruitfulness does not just mean giving birth to children hallelujah fruitfulness does not just mean giving birth to children fruitfulness simply means productivity otherwise if fruitfulness was just giving birth to children the only time you will be permitted to be fruitful is when you get married so as long as you're single would say yeah and fruit <laughs> but fruitfulness has to do with productivity so god makes man in his image and he says i want you to be productive then he says i want you to multiply in your productivity he doesn't want you to work, work with the laws of addition he wants you to work with the laws of multiplication he says i want you to multiply then look at what he says he says fill the earth but there's something that they there's something that many people forget after filling the earth he says and subdue it and subdue it now the word subdue is very very interesting because this word simply you know tries to show us that there's there's there's, there's work that man who was actually created had to do what does the word subdue mean subdue simply means to overcome subdue number two means to quieten when you're making noise and you say keep quiet you're subduing somebody to subdue is to bring under control ah you know what to bring under control is eh to subdue is to overpower and one other interesting definition of subdue is to beat now 
it's it's very interesting how does god give us laws tell us what to do then he tells you but don't forget to beat don't forget to overcome so what is there for man on earth for him to beat what is there on earth for man to look at and say mm -mm, there's something i need to overcome as I was studying the scriptures, I got to understand there are three areas of mastery that man needed to have control over. The first area of control he needed to have was himself. Praise be to God. Himself. And how do we know that he needed to have control over himself? Because the Bible tells us he was told, do not partake of this fruit or this tree otherwise you will die so he needed control over his own desires so dominion does not just mean somebody being fruitful somebody occupying somebody uh, uh, you know filling the earth somebody you know, stretching out and doing all sorts of things. It is not complete unless you learn the art of subduing. There are certain things that need to be under control. There are certain things that need to be overcome. There are certain things that need to be beaten. So the first area of mastery that he needed to have was over himself. The second area of mastery that he needed to overcome was over any forces that are in the earth, roaming in the earth. That's the second area. Any other forces that are roaming on the earth. You need to understand, first of all, that man was not the first to be created. In fact, he even found the animals. Amen and amen. Man was not the only creature to be created or living thing to be created. Certainly not. In fact, the book of Job tells us that angels were celebrating when God was creating the heavens. Meaning angels were created before the earth. Hallelujah. They, they were celebrating. Let there be light. Hey, yes, yes, yes. Wow. <laughs> Let there be this. Wow. Yes, yes. They decide they are, they are holy, 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 holy. Yeah? Praise be to God. But man finds. So the reason he was told to subdue was to remind him you're not the first one who was here. There are things that are here, but you are now in charge. But now that you are in charge, make sure those things that you found here don't play around with you. Amen and amen. So the second area was forces around, and obviously the last area was circumstances. He needed to have, he needed to have mastery over circumstances and the condition of the earth. That's why he was put in the garden to till. 
Rain did not come because man was not there to till. <laughs> Those are the areas. So, if we're going to fast forward and certain, oh, not, not certain, scientists are going to say there's, there's global warming. It's not because it's the end time. It's because man is not taking care of the earth. So he needed mastery over circumstances and the earth at large. He needed to keep it properly. Glory to God. I say glory to God. That sounds better. Now, I'm going to get back to the three areas of mastery, but I want you to see something. I want you to see from the time man fell till about the time Jesus came, there were quite a number of things that were happening. The conditions that were surrounding, you know, affairs of life sometimes seemed to be very unfavorable. And one of the best ways I would get to describe these conditions is like they had famine moments. All right, what's a famine? A famine is simply uh, a situation where you're in lack, where there's scarcity, where things are not readily available. Now you observe from the time of Abraham going to Jacob, going to Isaac, going to this, there was always a time of famine. Did you know that? When we start from Genesis chapter number 12, but we're not going to go there right now. But when we start from Genesis chapter number 12, we see that Abraham went through a famine. When we go to Isaac in Genesis chapter number 16, there is a famine. In the time of Jacob with his sons, <laughs> which include Joseph, there is a famine. When you go to the times of Elijah, these are the days of Elijah. There is also a famine. When you go to the times of David, there is a famine. When you go to the times of Ruth, there is a famine. When you come to the last days, there is a famine. There is a scarcity somewhere. Now, I really want you to understand something. When I'm talking about this scarcity and when I'm talking about these famines, I'm trying to show you that sometimes when you're placed in a certain environment and you're told to lead and you're told to dominate, it doesn't seem like everything that's around you is conducive or supportive or advantaged for you to actually rule. So if you stayed in the time of Abraham, you would say, I don't like these times because Kurinjala. Because we can't have access to this. If you stayed in the times of David, in the times of Ruth, it's possible for you to say, mm -mm, I don't like this. But yet again, we are staying in these times, 2022, going to 2023, and people are still complaining, I don't like these times. But even though man will be consistent in complaining, God revealed it from Genesis that regardless of the conditions that surround you, for you, you must dominate, rule, and multiply. You must be able to subdue, control those situations. Amen and amen. In the time of Adam and Eve, the serpent was appearing to them. Speaking to them. You, a snake speaking to you. 
Have you ever had a snake come to you and speak to you? Hi. <laughs> they had their own things to control. Even you, you have your own things to control. Yes, they didn't have the diseases that we have now. They didn't have whatsoever. But each dispensation has their own things to subdue. Hallelujah. Hallelujah again. Now, this is just to show you that sometimes environments or sometimes uh, what can I say Yeah, sometimes what we go through or even what we experience sometimes we would help we would really hope that mm -mm, these are things we shouldn't actually go through but yet God sees its feet that no it's okay it's okay everything is okay I've still blessed you I've still given you dominion I've still given you this and I've given you that in fact when you look at the famines of the Bible you observe something the first famine that was in Genesis chapter 12 this uh, yeah going verse 1 going down this was the famine where Abraham experienced uh, the first kind but then you will notice something the first famine was in Canaan hello <laughs> the first famine was where in Canaan what was Canaan Canaan is what was known as the promised land so God tells Abraham to go somewhere else and where Abraham goes there's a there's a famine and then he tells you this land is what I'll give to your descendants and there's a famine there in Genesis chapter number 26 Isaac, where is he? Uh, there is also a famine there. The Bible says, like in the times of, 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 of Abraham, there's a famine. When you go to Ruth, chapter number one, we see there is a famine. Where? In Bethlehem. That's why when, uh, when, uh, when uh, Naomi had to travel, with Ruth. Where was the famine? In Bethlehem. <laughs> Which is called the city of David. In the time of David again, famine. But it's so interesting. I want you to understand. I want you to understand that a famine symbolizes something where there is lack, where there is scarcity, where there is something that's not enough. And the first response to famines is that the Bible tells us in the book of Luke that someone stepped out from a city that had famine. It's known as Bethlehem. And that city means the house of bread. And when that someone stepped out, he said to the people that I am the bread of life. In short, he was saying, yes, you may have famines in any dispensation that you are going to go through, but as long as you have me, the bread of life, I am enough. Then he goes on to tell people, I'm going to give you a drink so that you never thirst again. Hallelujah. What does that mean? In every dispensation of insufficiency, the only need and sufficient one is Jesus. Minus him you are operating in the area of lack. That's why, notice, 
the people were worried about their health. They were worried about what they would eat. And he tells them, do not worry about tomorrow. He tells them different things altogether. But then he says something very interesting. He says, listen, the people were worried about clothing, shelter, things that were called, which are called basic needs or whatsoever. But then Jesus says, no, 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 no. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God. Why is he saying seek first the kingdom of God? Because the word kingdom has got two words. Number one, it has got the word king. And number two, it's got the word dominion. So if you want dominion, you must first seek the king who grants dominion. You find him and you have access to walking in the dominion that you want. And after you first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then the Bible says, and all these things... He doesn't call them needs. He calls them things because the need is him. <laughs> and he says, and all these things shall be added unto you. But the problem is that people are so attracted to the things that they put aside the king. How do you go? against the royalty and follow after basic needs that he the king can provide himself for you it's an error that's where now it comes to it's an error because the error started when the eyes were left off from God and they focused on a tree instead of the tree of life or God himself they started looking after other things. They started looking after other things. And that's where the error started. I've seen an error where believers, I've seen an error where kings are living like slaves. I've seen an error where people are living a certain way. But that's not the way they are supposed to live. So to correct that error, you need to correct their focus first. The psalmist was saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he ends up by saying, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So it will be an error if someone is following the goodness and the mercies. When the mercies and the goodness are supposed to follow them. You, you are supposed to follow the shepherd. Hey. Praise be to God. So the error starts when you shift focus from the king to the things. Amen and amen. That's where it starts. And you must understand that Adam and Eve started well. You must understand also when you gave your life to Christ, you started well. It started with a focus. You said, dear Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. You are my Lord and Savior. You started that way. You needed to continue that way. So once you lose focus and decide, let me go for the things, that's the beginning of errors in your life. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. So you see, coming back to a place of dominion 
we need to have our focus we need to have our pursuit our eyes our heart and everything else back to god and god alone he is the only one that's permitted to be the sufficiency in our life none of i'm not sufficient for you you're not sufficient for me no your neighbor is not sufficient for you not even bay or whatsoever is sufficient for you Solomon understood if he thought 700 was enough for him nothing even 700 was not sufficient for him then cause it vanity upon vanity amen and amen so Jesus comes and when he comes he corrects things he says the reason why you are still having famines in Canaan, famines in Bethlehem is because your pursuit. You've forgotten that there is a bread of life in Bethlehem. You've forgotten that there is a bread of life. Praise be to God. Sometime maybe we're going to do, uh, uh, one day I'm going to have a teaching where I'll explain to you the Ark of the Covenant, why they would put showbread, why they would do this. You will understand all this and it will make sense. But for today, let's go further. And now that we are loving to see and we want to see dominion under the sun, let's start by correcting us looking to his son. Amen and amen. Now, let's start from Genesis chapter number 12 and verse 1. I want to show you something. This is chapter 12 and verse 1. And I want you to see that all this started with the Lord. The Bible says, And the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, father's house, to a land which I will show you. I want you to see that God is the one who's calling Abraham from his father's house, and he's telling him, I'm going to take you to a land that I'm going to show you. So it's starting with God. And verse 2. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. It sounds like the way it's prophesied. That this year shall be a year of goodness. Yeah? So God will, will, will first promise. And say certain things. And so the Bible tells us. He is told to leave his country. But in verse, seven, oh, verse 5. This is what the Bible says. It says, then... Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired uh, in Haran, and they departed to go, where do they go? To the land of Canaan, meaning this is the land that God had shown them. Amen and amen. So they went to the land of Canaan, then it says, so they came to the land of Canaan. Now go to uh, verse 7. While they are in the land of Canaan, the Bible says, Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants, I will give this land. Where are they? In the land of Canaan. And God is prophesying and is declaring, Your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Meaning, ah, uh, Abraham was happy. Yes, Lord, it's me that you're talking about. Gave a seed, built an altar to the Lord. Who had appeared to him? Now, 
verse 10 look at now what the bible says it says now there was a famine in the land where the land of Canaan. hallelujah there was a famine in the land in the land of Canaan, and then it says and abraham went down where to egypt to dwell there for the famine was severe in the land so the famine was severe in Canaan, and because it was severe the bible says abraham went to egypt who told him to go to egypt hello who told him to go to egypt you're in the promised land and because you have seen a famine and then suddenly what do you do you decide let me go to egypt i think it's happening that side i've heard so many people are dating i think also me let me sir let me i've heard people are doing this so also me let me the man moves but we're not going to we're not going to explain and see what obviously happened after he went there but i want to quickly jump and show you that a next famine hits his next generation who is isaac genesis chapter 26 and verse 1 says so abinmalek uh-huh yeah it says there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of abraham so this is Isaac, his son now. So now the Bible is telling us uh, <laughs> there is a famine. Okay? Similar to the times of, 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 of the time of Abraham. Now listen, listen to this. Then Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Verse 2. Now, Isaac was going somewhere. Are you following? Isaac was going somewhere because of the famine. Where did Abraham go? He went to Egypt. Now, when also Isaac saw that there is a famine, he started moving, and he went first to the king of the Philistines. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go to Egypt. Don't go to Egypt. Live in the land of which I tell you. Praise be to God. You need to understand for you to walk in the place of dominion, you must remain synchronized with the direction of the Lord. Isaac is told, uh-uh, don't go to Egypt. I know uh, it's easy to follow after what someone did because my father did this, also me, I can did it. Uh, he learned and so okay there's a time for famine where are we going if we're to lay to Egypt amen and amen and God told God told Isaac don't go so Isaac stayed in Gerar but guess what the famine went to the third generation and the fourth generation combined again it went to Jacob and Jacob's sons. Hello. The famine went to Jacob now and his sons. And guess what? 
when the famine hit, where was Joseph? Egypt. <laughs> Who sold him there? His family. <laughs> it's like they loved Egypt. So, what happened? When Joseph observed that the famine became too intense, the Bible tells us that he called the entire family and removed them from Canaan and brought them to Egypt. Did God say bring them? Didn't see any direction. But he brought them. And he called, obviously the place that Egypt or Israel was brought to was a place that was known as Goshen. But we really must be careful when we describe Goshens. Are you brought near to God or are you brought near to food? Listen, there are certain things that will move people in life. Crisis will always move people. When there is crisis, crisis, people will move. Abraham moved because of crisis, father of faith. <laughs> Isaac moved because of crisis, but God told him, hey, stay there. There's something I want you to do. Stay in Gerar. The whole of Jacob, the whole of the 12 sons, the whole of Israel moved because of what? Crisis. There are people who move. Listen, and this is what should make a difference between you and other people. There are people who move by crisis, but then there are people who move but what, by what Christ says. Isaac was prompted to move by crisis. But God says, hey, don't go. You understand. Shortly. You understand shortly. There are people who move by crisis. And there are people who move but by what Christ has said. Which one are you? Ask your neighbor. had no choice people even call it I have no choice so what did you do ah, well, uh, 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 I, I sold my door to Zimbabwe or oh, I did this because they had no choice that's what crisis will do crisis will be moving men women and has been moving them from onset till now and the problem is that you just have to ensure that crisis does not move you away from God because if crisis moves you away from God that's the beginning of your troubles amen and amen so that's what happened to these people they started moving by crisis they took up any, anything. I now understand. Do you know there were times after uh, 
I started working. I got opportunities um, to start working in the United Kingdom. Amen. If you had seen me live, obviously, ka accents and change. Blessed greetings, Zambia, Lusaka. <laughs> greetings, Life Rich Church. <laughs> I had opportunities to stay on the copper belt. I was offered large sums of money to relocate. And crisis began to speak to me. I felt it. I said, hey, that salary, that opportunity, ah, I am going, and that's where the work of the Lord will go with. Amen and amen. And the Lord says, stay in Lusaka, Zambia. Lusaka, Zambia. I tried to change my accent, but no, 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 no. Zambianized. Praise be to God. So there was crisis that prompted me to move. But what Christ said is don't move. So I was not moved by crisis. I was firmly established by Christ. Amen and amen. And that's how it works. Others will be moved by crisis. They can, they can shine. They can, they can go and they'll just say, ah, you know what, this, this is, the, this is <laughs> take every opportunity. <laughs> but what Jesus says or what Jesus demands in that moment is what you should hold on to. That's what matters. Because in the instruction of Christ is the construction of heaven on earth for you. That's, that's where it is. That's where it is. So, when you are really getting to a place where you have Jesus having remain rather remain as your focus it simply means you're having mastery over one area you're submitting your personal will to jesus you're submitting your personal decisions to jesus and that's the first and most fundamental important thing that you need to do in life remember we also talked about having mastery over forces and that's the thing next thing we're looking at now, he, James chapter 4, verse 6, if I'm not mistaken. What does it first say? It says, he gives more grace, therefore, uh, therefore he says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Next verse. Then it says, therefore, do what? Submit to God. Then you can go to the next one. Resist. No, 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 not the next verse. <laughs> then it says, resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. The first formula is submission unto God. Not submission to crisis or anything else. 
Because sometimes crisis can be initiated by Satan. So if you submit to the laws of that crisis, then you'll be unable to resist the forces that are brought out by that uh, crisis. So you see Isaac in a place where what, does, what, what, what happens to Isaac? He's told not to go. He's told to stay. Okay? Now you see there's another problem. Those who just went, Abena Joseph, he just called Israel and he says, come to Egypt. When they went to Egypt, where did they become slaves? In Egypt. Pharaoh forgot about them. And so, for more than or for about 400 years, they were under the grip of Pharaoh. In short, they couldn't resist him. Your resistance starts by your submission to God. If it didn't start with your submission to God, you will fail to resist. You will be in slavery until God himself comes and says, let my people go. Without that, you can't come out of it. You can't. <laughs> and this is what happens. Israel comes under the slavery of Egypt because Egypt or rather Joseph brought them to Egypt. So when we talk about the promised land, do you know what the promised land was? It was them going back. If they stayed there, they would have been there. But when they went back, they found giants. People occupied. That's the, that's the problem of wrong decisions. That's the problem of wrong decisions. You can properly miss <laughs> let me not say that <laughs> I'm telling you you can properly miss right things by holding on to wrong things you're busy holding on to wrong things others will occupy the right thing when you go back you'll find giants amen and amen you're getting this there's a formula it started with submitting yourself to god this simply means you're gaining mastery over yourself and submitting it to god then the next thing you need to do is resist the devil in short there are certain things that you found here ancient odd things that you found here that don't want you happy but you need to learn to understand that mm -mm -mm, even though these things don't want me happy, I need to come to a place where I'm able to resist. When the serpent goes to Eve, Adam, I don't know where you are, but you need to get a stick, hit on the head, and say, why are you talking to madam? He needs to react. Eve also needs to react. Some of you people text you, you're like, ah, it's okay, I'm just leaving him. I won't even accept him. Well, I won't even accept him. He's just around. And you know what the Lord told me? He told, he told me, remind them who Satan is also called. He is called 
Beelzebub. Do you know what Beelzebub means? The prince of flies. Let me break it down for you. Can I break it down? Listen. Have you noticed when a fly comes on your foot, it doesn't make noise. It doesn't look dangerous. It in fact deceives you like it's clapping for your foot or clapping for you. That's what it does. It does whatsoever it's doing. But you see, a fly once on your food or things that belong to you, it has the capacity to spread so much harm, whether bacteria or germs, to you to the extent that <laughs> scientists say flies have got the capacity to spread over 65 diseases to you. Now, listen to this. When a fly is not addressed, it will remain on your foot. What happens when you chase away the fly? What happens when you say, hey, hey, it flies off, but it's got the capacity of coming back. And when it comes back, it will continue again. You chase, it will come back again. You need to be serious. You need to ensure when you are chasing, don't chase in the same room. Make sure you chase outside. And that's the way Satan works. He is the prince of flies. When he comes to sit on your life, he looks harmless, but he is injecting deadly things. He looks quiet, and you may think, ah, this is just a fly. Yet it's on a dangerous agenda. So someone who is discerning, or someone who understands in the natural how flies are dirty and dangerous, they will not even give a chance for a fly to sit on their food. They will make sure. They will make sure they deal with that. It is important for you, if you want to learn how to resist the devil, you should first know and understand that his presence in your life is not to chill with you. He's got an agenda. That's why Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There is a certain posture you should have against the forces of darkness, against witchcraft, against satanism, against evil. It should be that kind, like the way you don't like flies. Now, one thing you need to understand about flies, flies don't just come. They come where you have things. They come where you have sweet things in your life. Mangoes. You have a mango. You start eating it. That's when the flies will come. 
So what are the flies for? A fly is to make you understand that you are carrying something great. Maybe you didn't understand this. Satan comes in on the door of your life because you are carrying greatness. And because you are carrying greatness, God now permits you, first of all, to understand that Satan is here because I have something great. But not just does he just want you to understand. He wants you to take charge. And say, in the name of Jesus, not my family, not my household, not my life. I rebuke you. Go. That's resisting. Then you're dealing with the prince of flies. Beelzebub should not have any room in your life. You've made ways to make sure that flies are not in your homes. You spray. You do whatsoever. As in the spirit realm, we don't spray. We pray. Just when you're just doing kataka, your prayer is a spiritual prayer that kills flies. Amen and amen. That's why I believe flies won't be in heaven. <laughs> no, because <laughs> anyway, as well. Amen and amen. So there is a place that you and I need to come and have dominion or resist evil forces. You need to be able to resist them. I'm telling you, you've got destiny and you need to understand. Like Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us, when the wise men saw his star, yes, they had, you know, they, they decided we're going to take gold, frankincense and myrrh. But there was a herald that says, mm -mm 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 -mm. oh, you've seen a star, there's a Jesus, no problem. I also want to deal with that one. You need to understand, it doesn't matter whether you are innocent, whether you mind your own business. There is a wickedness that comes from the enemy that just doesn't like you and doesn't want you to prosper. If it doesn't like you, yes, you also say, I also don't like you and I'm going to deal with you. That's why the Bible tells us, this one is the only enemy you are not permitted to love. It's the only one you're not permitted to love. The Bible says, love your enemies. It's talking about flesh and blood, not spirits. Because there is no redemption for them. Their wickedness is so wicked that their wickedness is shocked by wicked. <sighs> That's how wicked they are. That's why I always say this. I pity someone who calls someone worse than the devil. You are worse than the devil. Huh? Are you sure? Do you know how wicked the devil is? Do you know how wicked? He even knows what will happen in the last days. Safuna no lapin. He knows. So, he knows. How, how do you think he was manning down Jesus? He understood from the scriptures how Jesus was going to come. He understood. It was in public that God is telling Moses and Moses is saying, there's a prophet that will come that will be like me. 
Why? Because Moses delivered Israel from Egypt. But a prophet like him was going to deliver the people from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of Israel. So Satan that Glory to God. And after Jesus had come, he tried. He tried. He tried. But what frustrated, tell me, what frustrated Satan's work was first the submission, the submission of these people to God. Because first of all, for Jesus to come, Mary had to submit. She first had to say, may it be according to your word. God just wants someone who can submit. If I just, if I just have someone who can submit, it's okay. When Moses, when, when Pharaoh started killing the people, guess what? An angel appeared to Joseph and says, my brother, go. Where did they go? Egypt. <laughs> he says, go. Now listen, if, if Joseph and Mary were not submissive to that word, God forbid, what would have happened to baby Jesus if they had found? Maybe they would have just tried, then he would have disappeared. <laughs> I don't know. But we can just see how lack of submission will hinder you from resisting the enemy. So after you get to a place where you've submitted to God, your next step is easily dealing with the enemy. With the authority that has been given to you. You are easily able to say, in the name of Jesus. I remember one time I was praying, and after I'm praying, suddenly I see something on the wall. And the Lord says, eh -eh, that same thing, that one is fighting your prophetic destiny. I say, huh? And guess what? After I hear that, have you ever heard a war laughing at you? I just hear, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I say, oh, not <laughs> but. And I realized, oh, no, this thief just comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't care whether I'm good. He doesn't care whether I'm doing right. Or he doesn't care whether I'm doing wrong. Even the people in his own kingdom, he doesn't like them. He betrays them. He fights them. He steals everyone. <laughs> yeah. I've had deliverance cases where a demon has manifested, a demon has manifested there. Then they started fighting each other. They started fighting. They don't like each other. Maybe just united to work. But they don't like each other. And so what did I do? I said, okay, this is against my destiny. Okay. It's time for me to have my prayer. Shakata rapakata. And that's why me, I tell you guys, huh? no, huh? God hears prayers in the heart. When you're, when, you're dealing with, when you're dealing with an enemy, you're not praying to God, you're taking charge. That's why you don't also pray in the heart. What do you do with the prayer? You shh. You don't say, hey, because it's in the heart, the, the flies will bear. You need to get hold of, remove that lid and shh. That's why when we're dealing with the enemy, sometimes when we shout, in the name of Jesus, out! We're making sure what we're spraying from our spirits is heavy. Amen. Yes. That's what you should do. Get to a place 
where you are taking charge in your own family taking charge in your own life and these are the things that began to make me grow in my spiritual walk I started taking charge I noticed in my dreams saints of God I'll be honest with you if there's one person that suffered through manipulation in the dreams and it's, it's me I would wake up I sleep I would wake up I have marks on my back I knew it was not me because when I was sleeping my hands were in front but I'm waking up I've got marks I said, ah, I need to do something about it. I'm telling you. Whereby you've slept proper, you wake up, you ate something. When you wake up, Mumala, hey, some of you know what I'm talking about. And I said, no, this is an error under the sun where a believer is flying in the dream it's an error I'm telling you I received, I, I received a dream where someone was being transported for them to be transported from copper belt to whatsoever they were flushing them in the toilet I'm telling you what's that? an error in short for you to easily resist the devil and his forces, you must identify what is an error and what is normal. When you do that, make sure you know, ah, this is Satan. And you deal with him. I noticed I needed to help my family when my family would make cues to come and see me. I would receive calls from provinces, Lundazi, Shani. What do you want? I need prayers. But brother, I need prayers. Them, they, if I know I was my brother, but they knew my brother was anointed. I need prayers. This and that. My other auntie, she dreamt a lion is chasing her. She wakes up and she becomes bold. All the hair fell down. I'm not a chicken for you to pussola my hair. And I said, ah, not my family, not my family. And one by one, one by one, I know my family is still big, but we are still at it until we spread dominion through the family. Amen and amen. Obviously, the last thing you need to do is you need to learn to address your circumstances. Or to change your circumstances. The three areas of mastery. You need to learn to do that. Sometimes there are certain circumstances that are around us which may not necessarily be evil, but we just don't have control over them. Like I love to say, the Red Sea was never evil in the way of Israel. It was just where it was. You, they, they found it there. It was, it was there before them. <laughs> it was there after them. <laughs> it's there. And it's still there. It was never evil. But they needed mastery over circumstances. And I believe sometimes people have learned. Maybe they are learning how to submit to God. Sometimes people have learned how to deal with the enemy. But they've not learned how to 
gain mastery over circumstances. And it's something that's important for your walk of dominion. Why? Because the Bible in Romans 5 tells us that you need to reign in life. Do you know what it means to reign in life? To reign in life simply means every sphere that your life conducts, you should be winning. It simply means if your spiritual walk is attached to your life, you should win there. If your business is attached to life, you should win there. If your education is attached to life, you should win there. If your relationship is attached to life, you should also win there because the core was not to reign in one place, but to reign in life. It simply means everything you touch, you should be winning. So if you are looking and conduct certain arenas of your life and you are observing that, mm -mm -mm, you win a chair attendance to church. Then you've got some work to do. Hallelujah. Then you've got some work to do. You need to learn to have mastery over situations. That's why Adam was told, come in the garden. I want you to till. I want you to take care of it. I want you to make sure the garden is well kept. Now, how do we do it? In Genesis chapter number one, getting back to verse 27, I want to see you, I want to show you where a secret is. Because I know I, I, I showed you something, but I didn't, there's something that I missed out. Next verse. It says, so God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply. All right. So now have you observed? It says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. He's telling us to do this. He's telling us to do that. Uh, he, he's telling us to subdue. He's telling us to be fruitful and multiply. Now, there is a place that you need to understand that is giving man the capacity to reign. Where is that capacity? It's in the first verse, or rather the first line. It says, then God blessed them. Then God blessed them. Before God demanded, he blessed. Before anything starts, he blessed. This one was a huge blessing. First of all, is there any marriage blessing? <laughs> blessing of, of, of reigning in life. Anything. For it to work, you need to function by the blessing. So God bless. Hmm. I don't know if you're getting this. God blessed them. Then he said, be fruitful and multiply. So what, 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 what was the blessing? The blessing was a seed. The blessing was a seed. And that's why when we say, be fruitful and multiply, it simply means the fruitfulness came from the seed of the blessing. Otherwise, minus the blessing, God should have said, be seedful. How can you tell someone to be fruitful if they've got no seed? How can you tell 
tree. How can you say mango tree? I want mangoes. You first need a seed of a mango. Because in the seed of a mango is the DNA to produce a fruit of a mango. In the seed of a mango is the capacity to have stamina against the heat. In the same way, God blessed man. In the blessing was the capacity to be productive. In the blessing was the seed for man to multiply. In the blessing was the seed for man to subdue. So he blessed them. Somebody say, I am blessed. I am blessed. Yeah. The blessing is a seed. So God blesses them and they are able to do all these things. That's why you observe something. Hmm. Genesis 26. Genesis 26 and verse... Uh, 10. 10. Okay, start from verse 11. Now, this is about Isaac. Okay? Remember, remember what, remember what uh, God told Isaac. He told him, don't go to Egypt. Don't go to Egypt. Start from verse 12. He says, don't go to Egypt, but stay in Gera. And in Gera, that's where he was, he was, he was encountering Abimelech, the, the, the king of the Philistines. Now, look at what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that whilst Isaac was in the land that God taught him, a land where people were suffering with famine, the Bible says, then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Hey. First of all, there was an instruction for Isaac to yield to. He yielded to the instruction not to go to Egypt and stayed where he was. In a place where people were suffering and were affected by the famine. But while people were affected by the famine, because he submitted to God, when he sowed, his seed resisted the famine. Ah, uh, you're not getting this. His seed resisted the famine, and when his seed resisted the famine, the Bible says he reaped in the same year, the same year of the famine, a hundredfold. Listen, even now when there are heavy rains, it's not all farmers. In fact, maybe even zero percent of farmers reap a hundredfold. Meaning nothing of your crop has died. No damage, no nothing. That's a hundredfold. The seed rejected the famine. The seed rejected waste. The seed rejected spoiling. Because it was in the system of the under the submission of the Lord. Then we see the blessing of the Lord. Hey, the blessing of the Lord being at work. And when the blessing of the Lord is at work, the Bible tells us that the men of the land began to envy they began to envy Isaac. And when you go to verse 26, we see something happening. Listen. Goodness. Verse 
Is that verse 26? Abimelech came from Gera, and one of his friends. Aha, next verse. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come here since you hate me and you have sent me away? Aha, next verse. Where is this? Where is this? Where is this? Where is this? I've missed my scripture. All right. Someone can find it for me. Um, what happened is that after this, the Bible tells us that he began to meet the Philistines. And when he began to meet the Philistines, Isaac went and began to redig the wells of his father, Abraham. Amen and amen. The first thing the Bible tells us is that Abraham goes and he begins to redig the wells of his father, Abraham. And when he redigs the wells of his father, Abraham, the Bible tells us that these guys got upset and said, ah, we're going to argue with you. We cannot allow you. All right, that's verse 18. Okay, good. It says, and Isaac dug the wells of the waters which he had dug in the days of his father and he gave them names okay or which is of, of 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 the father and when that happened people came and said no which should be the next verse eh? it says so also isaac's servants dug in the valley and found the well running of water there next verse then it says but the headsman of gera quarreled with isaac's headman saying the water is ours so he called the name of the well Isaac because they quarreled. Now, remember in verse 12, Isaac was blessed. He got a hundredfold. So what the blessing began to do is that because the blessing was at work, it noticed there were certain things that were buried in his father's life. So the blessing began to redig lost treasures. It began to redeem the family. When the blessing is at work, the failures that your family experienced, the challenges that your family experienced, the curses that your family experienced, when the blessing is at work, you are the one who begins to correct them now. You are the one who begins to end marital disputes. You are the one who begins to end curses of sickness in the family. Because that's how the blessing works. And the Bible tells us, once he redug the wells, people came and says, ah, no, 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 no. You can't do this. And Isaac says, I don't want to argue. My job is just to dig. So after they argued, the Bible says he went to another place and dug another well. He had the capacity to find water where people went, ah, my God. This is how the blessing works. I'm telling you, when the blessing is at work, it doesn't matter whether you are experienced or not. You will know whether, where to find customers for that business. You will know how to handle certain things. Why? Because the blessing is at work. Sometimes people think, no, I'm just working hard. Or no, I'm just hard working on not knowing that the blessing is really at work in their life. Sometimes they laugh at you and they say, Ah, but when the blessing is at work, I'm telling you, it resists luck in your life. It resists, and then you begin to redig the wells of your father. And when the wells of your father are redug, 
when they say no 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 go away from here wherever you go even if it means you start again the bible says isaac dug again and when he dug again the bible says they said ah no 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 and what did isaac do he says okay you said no you can take away the wells from us but you can't take away the blessing and the capacity to dig wells again i can dig if i go to northwestern province i will dig if i go to that company it's okay i will dig if i go to that school it's okay i will dig why i have it i have it inside of me the blessing that's where you need to understand you cannot be stopped you can't he redug but remember it started with him remaining in the land god told him that's why the bible says he crowns his their year with goodness and there and 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 and, and his paths drip with abundance notice his path was not your path his path is god's path it says and his paths drip with abundance if you want drip stay in god <laughs> hey yes and that's how isaac handled things i'm telling you that's how the blessing is have you had, have you ever wondered what Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 says Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 says I'm going to give you the power It says you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get In KJ it says he gives you the power to create to create Now what was the blessing that God placed in us It was not just a blessing to dominate or blessing to uh do other things the blessing that was given to man in genesis 1 was known as creative power that's why god rested it was known as creative power that's why god sat down because he knew there are other people now who create So if there's somebody that needed to create wealth, he knew there's Isaac. If there's someone that needs to dig a well, it's not angels that will dig. Isaac call your men, we will dig. You will find water. If there's someone that needs to do this, he knows he will source it. Why? He's got creative power. He has it. Somebody tell your neighbor, I have creative power. Now listen. everyone each one of you has creative power but power can either be misused or used correctly that's why i know that power is in wrong expression if the only thing you know how to create is an excuse even excuses are created are created have you noticed the creativity that comes through excuses it requires creativity that's power being abused that's why whenever jesus would call people and they would create excuses jesus would answer them with penalties 
because he was trying to say don't create excuses you need to create solutions follow me and jesus says and the person says no 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 i can't follow you i've got this this and that follow me and this person says no 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 i need to bury my father and jesus says let the dead bury themselves why you are making excuses you are creating excuses in short there should be no no excuse for someone who's received the blessing of god to create solutions there should be nothing no excuse <laughs> when there is a demand there shouldn't be an excuse remember these guys are not experienced but he's taught to be fruitful he's taught to do he's taught to do quite a number of things be fruitful be multiply subdue you can't say you're sick all in younger no 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 when god demands of you and says i want you to sweep the church or i want you to do that it's not you to say ah that's an excuse you're creating and when you stand before judgment he will say you kept on creating wickedness that's why that's why you observe if you even understand properly the scriptures not everything was created by God Genesis 6 The Bible says angels slept with the daughters of men and produced giants that was not created by God How do how are flies how are flies created Maggots Huh In what conditions are maggots Dead where in the garden of eden there is life you will not find a maggot there are certain things that even creatures and animals came after the fall that's why we understand your hatred for them and some people say no love everything <laughs> mosquito <laughs> cockroach <laughs> no, cockroach I'm telling you not every some things some things were created after the fall in a conducive environment of death glory to god now with that creative power that is inside of you what are you doing with it i told the lord i will not put to waste the creative power you've put in me that's why I'm a person that is everywhere. Everywhere. Pastor, can you make a poster? No problem. <laughs> we'll make for, Pastor, sing for us. No problem. Pastor, no problem. We're everywhere. Because I know how to tap into creative power. Hallelujah. It's time for you and I to get back where we will say i saw a blessing under the sun sons of men walking in dominion having mastery over themselves submitting it to god having mastery over wickedness resisting the devil and having mastery over circumstances and situations and when they do that 
things in their lives are changing. When they need help, when a country needs help, they will call you, you are the Joseph, because you have the blessing. In the time of the famine, you will give ideas, you will help people stand firm in the famine. In the time of Esther, you are the one who they will look up to. Someone said, he says, if I die, I die. That was, that, that was, that, that was Esther. But you are not Esther, you is, I am dominating. I know there is Esther here, but you know, you, you have the updated version of Esther. For you is, I am dominating. That's why, <laughs> you see there is an upgraded revelation, which Isaiah picks up. Him, he doesn't say, if I die, I will die. Him, he says, I will not stop until. <laughs> so your upgraded version is until I testify. Till you own own. Till That's how it should be. Gaining mastery over these three areas. And when you do that, you make the earth a better place to live in. And there is one more last thing that I have to say. Very, very powerful. That has to do with mastery over circumstances. But I'll say it next week. Let's rise to our feet.